Welcome to Wealth Building Wednesdays, where we center black women and BIPOC-owned businesses, highlight opportunities and initiatives for underrepresented entrepreneurs, and center socially innovative enterprises, building generational prosperity, fostering real networking, and recycling black dollars. It's Wealth Building Wednesdays on KBLA Talk 1580. It sure is, and it's crazy because... It just is. It's election season. That's how it goes. So we are building some wealth and we are building community and we're getting it all in to bring you, um, you know, as much information about what's going on as possible. Um, we have uh, joining us right now the founding director of Family Inc., which stands for Foundation for Arts, Mentoring, Leadership, and Innovation. Uh, it's a nonprofit organization with a mission to provide educationally and culturally stimulating programs projects and services for young people and community members worldwide and it is um it's led by an award-winning vocalist writer poet cultural advocate activist and educator uh tori brannon reese welcome good morning how are you my sister i'm blessed how are you doing (laughs) i'm just fine this is the this is uh you know you've spent a lot of your life a lot of your activist energy, um, honoring and uplifting Al Haj Malik Al Shabazz Malcolm X. Today is the anniversary of his assassination, and we're right in the middle of Black History Month. So I guess we should start there. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Sixty, almost sixty years ago to this day, at the Audubon Ballroom in New York, a very tragic incident happened. But like, uh, much like what would happen three years later with Dr. Martin Luther King, Malcolm knew that he was headed toward an early end, never reaching the age of 40. He was only 39 years old. But in those few years, uh, 12 or 13 years that his career lasted, um, he made a great impact on the world, on our culture, and we remember him for all the great deeds, not just death, but what he did in his life. We will never forget that. So I wanted to do something... Um, to commemorate that day. And so uh, thank you for allowing us to come on and, and to speak about Brother Malcolm. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a great point that, you know, we, we don't want to just remember him for his assassination and the tragedy, the ongoing tragedy um, that his family was suggest- subjected to thereafter, but also his contributions. I think that's an important point, but I also do like to kind of like the, um, you know, in the the Black Lives Matter movement, say their names because, um, you know, these are are people who literally given their lives for the betterment of black people. Right. Very young men also. And I I think sometimes we forget how how young these people were. You know, Fred Hampton, Dr. King, and, you know, many others, many of the leaders of the 1960s, which is actually my favorite period in time. Uh, very young people, you know, your father. <laughs> I mean, all of those people, he started the Black Arts Movement. But my dad then, made uh, it to be an old person, you know, and, uh, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, which yeah, is not, did. is which is not a given for any, you know, black person in America, um, but most especially an activist. Um, right. But right. that said, I guess um, what, what, where I was going with it is, you know, that, um, yeah, we, we want to say his name, but we also want to commemorate his impact. And you have really dedicated a lot of your life to Malcolm X in 
and youth. Um, but why did you, why did you bond? You said the sixties are your favorite period in history. Why did you bond um, with Malcolm X's legacy in the way that you did? There was something about his voice that resonated in my spirit. As a young man myself, I was looking for something inspiring, something that would give me some guidance and some direction. And it was Malcolm's voice that spoke the loudest to me. Um, I loved Dr. King. I loved others who I had heard and uh, who had inspired me. But something about Malcolm, and then reading their autobiography, which my mom gave me when I was about 12 years old, uh, kind of put the, the cap on everything for me. And the older I got, the more I felt that I had to do something with the information that I had received about Minister Malcolm. Like his work was unfinished. And that if I could do something to, uh, in a sense, continue that legacy. And I think we've done that family organization for the past 32 years. It's been the premier organization in the city of Los Angeles, ensuring that people talk about Malcolm, that they remember him as a human being and for the contributions that he's made. So we did a festival that we started in 1993 uh, that continues to this day. And then we commemorate him with a human rights breakfast that we do every year. Uh, that'll be on May the 11th this year. And we'll be announcing the location very soon. And then, uh, of course, the 31-year effort to have a street dedicated to Malcolm X. And we figured that the best street would be Crenshaw since that's the the biggest and longest and most you know, well-known thoroughfare in the city of Los Angeles. So we got that done. Uh, we're going to be doing a huge unveiling this year on May the 18th. Um, we're going to invite the entire city out. Um, it's going to be a nationally, you know, a national reach event, so it won't just be local. And, uh, yeah, so we, we've, we've been doing that work uh, proudly, and now it's about ensuring that the children of the day know and understand not only who Malcolm was, but a lot of the people who struggled so that we may have some kind of parity in the society that we have today. So there's a lot I can say, but, you know, we're just committed to the work, uh, making sure that and ensuring that these legacies continue. Our ancestors are not forgotten. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was barely 40 years old when he was assassinated, which is crazy when you look at the impact uh, of his work Mm -hmm. on our country and even, you know, globally. Um, But congratulations to you. We talked last year when you got the, um, finally got those markers put Mm -hmm. in place along Crenshaw, right, to to commemorate his life and to (laughs) kind of put a a little flag down here in our community um, as far as Mm -hmm. our black history um, and... Uh, so what is happening today? Well, today, uh, we just wanted to put the word out that, you know, we need to remember this brother. We're not doing any particular celebrations today. We will be screening some films tonight at six o'clock on zoom. And so people are to watch out for that. Um, they want to find out what's happening with that. Uh, they can hit us up on Facebook. Um, they can email us at family soul. Uh, at gmail.com if they want to find out about that. It's just a little small way of us today doing something to commemorate him, but our major celebrations will be in May uh, of this year. So, again, we thank you for this opportunity to come on and even talk about it. You know, But the message that I really want to put out, uh, and, and again, um, thank you for this time, is that I got a call from, from my, my auntie who lives in Washington, D.C. about three weeks ago. 
And one of my little cousins that I've never even met uh, was charged with doing a, a paper on a famous person in history, and he, he chose Malcolm X. Now, I've never even met him as yet, right? I know of his existence, but I've never really met him. Uh, and my auntie called me because she told him, she said that you have, a, you have a cousin in Los Angeles who is connected to the legacy of Malcolm X. And she had me to send her some information and to give it to him. And he's going to put it in his paper. And I'm waiting, I'm waiting hmm. patiently to look at it. And so the message there is that, you know, young folks can still be inspired. Just like they're inspired by even Michael Jackson, you know, people who yeah. came this way and left early. You know, uh, we have to keep that kind of stuff going. So that, that is uh, the kind of the stories that I love to tell. Uh, we have the See a Man, Be a Man program, which we've had for almost 30 years now. Uh, that is operating in many different schools around the city right now. Princess to Queen for the young ladies. So the sign, the marker on Crenshaw, you know, it's cool, but you know we have to make it something that's vibrant, something that's uh, you know contemporary, and something that is inspiring young people today. That's really my mission: uh, is to make sure that people who are younger and may not know about what, what happened, you know, 60 years ago. We can look at this side and ask questions, and we can answer those questions. I mean, I think that, advocate. you know, when, you t- when we talk about Wealth Building Wednesday, we're almost always spotlighting small businesses or programs to help them. But there is a lot of different ways to build wealth in the community, and certainly our human resources, our young men and women, uh, the, you know, our children, the way that they are... Um, the way that they're raised and, and exposed to our history and uh, role models and, and, you know, and possibilities is part of building wealth, uh, the real wealth um, in our community. So, and, and so that's one of the reasons why uh, we felt like, okay, we can talk uh, about the work of family, um, you know, F-A-M-L-I, if you're trying to find it online or email, it's F-A-M-L-I soul at gmail.com because it is part of building the ultimate resource, which is our human resource. Very true. And, and, and speaking of the work of Malcolm, he was very responsible in the early days, 1950s and 60s, for building the nation of Islam, for example, into one of the largest, most successful black enterprises, like business enterprises. People don't often think of that, but they had their own farms, you know, they fish, uh, my uncle Christopher, called Christopher Tuex, was a member of the Nation of Islam, and he was the one who introduced that to my entire family. And even though many of us did not convert to uh, Islam, you know, we were aware of some of the things that was happening uh, just on the ground level, you know, going in, into those mosques and buying the bean pies and stuff like that. Those people were building. They were serious about the business side of, of what had to happen in black America for us to make some progress and carrying on the lessons of Marcus Garvey and many others who had uh, preceded them. And so we, we need to learn those lessons also. Uh, we were talking last night, for example, on our Tuesday night forum, A Question of Culture. That's every Tuesday night at 6.30 uh, on Zoom and Facebook. We're talking about the buildings that are going up everywhere. You know, I know if you've been going down Crenshaw in this city or many other streets, actually, we've seen just the plethora of buildings going up, you know, these apartment buildings. Mm-hmm. That's supposed to be, supposed to be uh, you know, for to some degree, for low-income people. Right. The truth is that these are capital, capital, you know, uh, elements of capitalism. These are money grabs. Um, I'm calling them projects. 
you know, and uh, it's something for us to be aware of because it's an indication of what's changing in our community. You know, it's funny. I was just talking with Tara Perry, who's running for assembly. She was on right before you about this. And she was saying, you know, some folks are not happy with all this building and and the ADUs and backyards, et cetera, et cetera. And I understand the concern. We are in a, in a capitalist paradigm. Uh, we are in a capitalist society. Um, but if we don't build that, then then what do we have? We got we we just don't build because they're projects. And then what we ha- what's the option? Tents? Oh, we have lost um, Brennan uh, Tory Reese. So I'm going to let him respond to that. And um, I'm going to get the scoop on the unveiling uh, that's coming up of the Malcolm X uh, commemoration. Uh, we'll do that um, straight ahead on KBLA Talk 1580. She's reclaiming her time on KBLA Talk 1580. More First Things First with Dominic DePrima when we come forward. The conversation continues right now, right now, right now with right now. Dominic DePrima on First Things First. 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 Okay, we've got Tori Brennan Reese back on the phone. Um, so, uh, you know, you were talking about the, the what you call projects, all these buildings going up. And, of course, yeah. there's a concern that they're not really for us or that they're going to be, like you said, projects. But what's the alternative? Like, go to NIMBYism yeah. and say, oh, we should just... I mean, because really, we do have a shortage of housing right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, I mean, that's understandable, you know. But I'm from Bill Louisiana, and after the Katrina hurricane in 2005... We saw what we basically described today as a takeover. We saw what I call ethnic cleansing. Uh, many of the people who had been responsible for the cultural uh, gifts that had been, you know, enjoyed by everyone were basically pushed out. And so I see some of the same stuff happening now. Oh, it's definitely happening. There's no question about that. But I'm just saying, like, what's the alternative other than, I mean, in a way, I wish they were projects, then they'd be owned by the city and <clears throat> we'd have, you know, we'd have. A, a, <laughs> Even though they probably might suck, at least, you know, we'd have a greater chance of not getting pushed out. I don't, you know, I see the gentrification every day. I stay over here. But I'm just saying, like, what's the alternative? Don't build? We can't. I don't know. I, I don't think we can say don't build those projects and then don't have an alternative for people to stay in. Well, you know, the reality is that many people have been moving out on their own even before this this building stuff, uh, you know, came yeah. about. Yeah. People are always going to move in and out of, of areas. You know, I know so many people who moved to Atlanta and in different places, uh, you know, and so that, that's going to happen. And Marino but, Valley. <laughs> yeah, Marino, <laughs> right, Marino Valley, you know, Orange County or whatever. Mm. And so that's going to happen. However, uh, the preponderance and the rate at which these structures are being built is, to me, unprecedented. I've been here for yeah, no, I've years. I've never seen anything like it, not here, not yeah. in San Francisco. So, but I I mean, you could also call it a response to an unprecedented need. I mean, supposedly we're half a million units short statewide. Yeah, yeah, that that's very true. And 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 the other side of it is that we haven't been politically active and engaged enough to to even know what's going on. Most people I talk to don't even know what's going on. They have no idea, and and they're not active. They're not engaged. They don't attend meetings. Uh, but they complain, you know, so it's a lesson for us also. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, God, that is true. Well, but you're not one of those people. You show up, you go to meetings, you convene meetings, and you uh, and you get stuff done. So tell us, I know it's not, you know, for a minute, but tell us about the 
the commemoration, the unveiling of, um, you know, the Malcolm X um, festival, the sign unveiling, I guess, um, whatever is going on. And it's this May. I can't believe it's been a year already. My goodness, almost. <laughs> yeah, it's been a year. I want to thank Andre Parvenu and Sangha and Belly, Shaka Satori, and the other brothers and sisters of the family organization who helped to make this possible. Uh, and I also want to thank Heather Hutt, who pushed it through the city council again, Maxine Waters and others who helped me to do this. Now, uh, this is going to be on May the 18th. It's going to start in the morning. We're going to start at the northern end of Crenshaw around the 10 freeway and move our way down south to ending, ending up around uh, Misty Hustle Square. Uh, Misty Hustle started his career uh, as a youngster at the Malcolm X Festival. I don't remember the year, <laughs> but he was about 14 years old. <laughs> So uh, if you can imagine at each major thoroughfare stopping and having speeches, poetry, dance, et cetera, we're inviting the entire city out and some dignitaries from around the city and the state and country to come and celebrate this vast, beautiful, uh, critically important day, uh, installing the name Malcolm X forever into the history of this city. Uh, last year, some, a couple of signs went up. More signs will be going up by then. Um, and so, you know, people will really notice what's been happening. And again, it's, with us, it's an indication of some change, some growth, some consciousness development, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so just uh, stay in touch with us. You know, as you, as you spelled out, F-A-M-L-I-Soul.org or .com. .org is the website. .com is the, um, uh, the email address. And so, yeah, we, we're happy to, to put the word out right now uh keep in touch with us keep your eyes open and join a movement for change and progress in our communities That's absolutely um yeah well i have you you got you gave a shout out to heather Hutt. is there anybody and you know aside from the unveiling of malcolm x anybody or anything that you're tracking uh in our election which voting is on now but the last day to vote is just uh 13 days away Tyra Perry. <laughs> really? Yeah, you mentioned Tyra. That's my sister. Oh, uh, yeah, she was just on last hour. Yeah, she was just on. Uh, she's young. She's uh, bright. You know, she's very active, very engaged, understands the issues. We need that energy. And uh, I'm for our sisters. Uh, you know, our sister, Fonnie Willis, down in, 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 in Georgia people, you know, other, other sisters around the country. Um, she's not on our ballot, yeah. but she's certainly on our minds. Um, right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> she is taking clap back to the next level. Um, right. <laughs> yeah. And, you yeah. know, and, and, you know, I don't know. I, I, I heard the, um, I guess the guy from the winery saying that, yeah, I want, you know, I remember her cause she paid in cash. Uh, and and that was funny to me because he confirmed what she said. And I, you know, I when I worked with uh, Steve Harvey, he used to talk about how he had jars of cash buried all over his property. Like he'd put $5,000 in a jar and bury it. And like there are little, you know, cash graves all over his ranch. And I, 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 I you know, I found that incredibly believable. <laughs> Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, you know, if 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 you're black, black, <laughs> you kind of grew up with that, you know, and we can't trust anybody. So take your cash and put it in a jar somewhere. You know, cash is king. Make sure you have some. 
make sure you have some. Yeah, make that, sure that's a very good thing. <laughs> yeah, make sure you have some. If you if you can, make sure you have some. Um, and one more thing before I let you go this morning. I know you're singing somewhere sometime soon because you're always singing somewhere sometime soon. <laughs> that's right. Uh, this coming Sunday at 6 o'clock p.m., we're going to be at the Bob and Morrison Center here in Lemur Park, Black Arts Village, what I call it. We're going to be doing a tribute to the late, not that late, great, he's still here, Mr. Sly Stone this coming Sunday. And so it's going to be a great night. There's going to be a dinner and a show. I'm inviting some guests to come down and join me, the lead singer for the Delphonics, Norman Carter. is going to be down there. We're honoring Ramona Stevens, one of the great comedic voices in the, in the land. My daughter, Felicia, singing Orlando, a nice, dynamic young singer. Uh, and, you know, it's just going to be a night that you don't want to miss. We sold out the last show which was a tribute to the late, great Sam Cooke. And so we encourage people to get those tickets. Uh, it is a fundraiser for family organization, and it is a monthly series called Legendary Nights, where we always honor someone. We do the music of the great artists of the past, bring it into the future. And we have a great time, and the food is delicious. The food is out of sight. So I'm laughing because you always got stuff for people to do, <laughs> Brandon. <laughs> you got a, a dinner, you got a show, you got a protest, you got a meeting. You you always got stuff for people to do. I love that. Um, so that's oh, yeah. Saturday night right in Lamert Park at Barbara Morrison Theater. And uh, I guess it sounds like they better hurry up because it might sell out again. Yeah, most of our VIP tickets are sold out. Already we have about maybe five left. <laughs> um, yeah, get those tickets. Uh, we had to turn people away the last time. Uh, so it's catching on. People want that good music. We have a band, a real band called Everything We Soul. That's my band. And so we play music, you know, for real. We want people to hear. With real music, band. real food, nothing virtual, nothing on Zoom. All right. Um, That's right. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you for checking in with us. And, uh, again, if folks want to. Increase their black history knowledge for um, Malcolm X on this day in Black History Month. Check in with FamilySoul.org and find out about the screening tonight. Brandon Tory Reese, thank you so much. Thank you so much, my sister. Peace. Peace to you. Next up, we'll be hearing from a judge who would like to be your district attorney on KBLA Talk 1580. KBLA Talk 1580 is an intervention. When we come forward... Includes you. KBLA Talk 1580, turning pain into power. 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 power.